Coming up next is this month's special series, Focus on Men's Health, on ReachMD XM157. Did you know there's a new daily dose available for erectile dysfunction? Have your patients asked you for it? Will a Cialis a day keep your wife away? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. Paul Shin. Dr. Shin is an assistant professor of urology at George Washington University Hospital and in private practice with urologic surgeons of Washington in our nation's capital. Dr. Shin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Greetings. So, um... Let's talk erectile dysfunction today, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, There's a bunch of drugs out there. I know of three ones that work. Are there others that I'm not aware of? As far as pills and oral medicines go, there's pretty much only three that are that are out there that that's prescription. Right, so you got my attention when I saw an article saying that you should, or you not should, but you can start taking one of these pills every day. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the idea is that some of these drugs have longer half-lives, and that's essentially how the three different drugs that are out there really differ, is not necessarily one of efficacy or whose erection is harder or firmer, although their drug reps will probably try and convince you of that. The reality of it is the main difference is how long the drug sticks around in your system. And so the idea that kind of gets extrapolated from that is, well, if it's always in my system, am I always ready to go? And that's kind of the premise that they're going on. Well, so Cialis, obviously, is the one that lasts longer. Yep. Uh, No pun intended. It's pharmacokinetics, that is. And what's next? Who comes after that? Is it Levitra, then Viagra? After that's Levitra, and then Viagra. And... I would be worried taking a Cialis a day because it, it stays in your system 36 hours. Are you not going to build up some sort of toxicity if you take it every day? No. When, it, when they say 36 hours, the real half-life of the drug is only about 18 hours. Mm-hmm. And so when you take it at the full dose, there's plenty of time for your body to adequately metabolize it and get it out. Uh, and, and contrary to what a lot of patients will come in thinking, it, it's not as though you're going to walk around with this turgid erection right. for 36 hours. You know, you still need the appropriate uh, stimulation input. Arousal. <laughs> so speak. So are you saying that the Cialis really is only good for 18 hours or is there still some kind of lingering effect that you can get a day and a half It's a lingering effect and uh, it's the first pass of the metabolite that's still active. Or even the the power of suggestion. Exactly, which is a very, very powerful one, particularly for a lot of our folks here in Washington. (laughs) Pardon my pun, but are there any shortcomings to these drugs? Uh, You know, I think the biggest downside to any of these drugs is going to be the cost honestly. You know, they're expensive. They're not always covered by prescription plans. And I think the economics of it are going to probably be the biggest issue for patients down the line. I mean, I think that in general, they all work pretty well. They're pretty well tolerated. Uh, it's just oftentimes for patients, it comes down to, to picking, you know, either sex or beans and weenies. And, right. you know, that's an easy choice for me. <laughs> beans and weenies wins every time. Oh, exactly. Of course. When's Viagra going uh, off patent? Because that might make a difference. They still have a good, when I've been told, eight to 10 years left wow. on their patents. So wow. they're going to be around for a while. And the other interesting thing about that is that, uh, you know, that's just the indication for adult erectile dysfunction. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can overlap it into something else and stay on patents. So there's any number of ways to extend that. So I think the horizon of a generic alternative as an affordable option is unfortunately not one that's, that's out there anytime soon. Paul, what are you doing with your patients? Have you tried the daily dose and what, what have you seen? Well, you know, I actually have, and it's been in a little bit different capacity. I see a lot of male infertility patients because that's one of my areas of specialty interest. And if you take the subset of guys who are trying to conceive a pregnancy with their wife... Oh, it's painful. It's painful, man. I mean, uh, you, you know, there's there's all the pressure in the world. I mean, you feel like Atlas there in the right. bed. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so about 35 to 40% of these guys in some of our studies have some significant ED, and sure. it's all performance-related anxiety. 
So one of the ways that I've been using a more consistent dose is to have them take a 10 or 20 milligram pill every other day mm-hmm. during the two weeks so of their wife's cycle. So they're know? ready to go whenever she jumps. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I've, I've sort of already been doing that. And I think that that's kind of the premise of, of the whole thing is, is that you want to try to disconnect that taking of a medicine or uh, some action from, from having an erection so that it's more spontaneous. You kind of get your get your mojo back, so to speak. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the commercials all talk about when the time is right. That does affect my prescribing because I personally cannot predict the future. And so Cialis makes more sense to me and to my patients because there's no pressure. You know, if it happens, great. If not, who cares? Exactly. And that was actually, you know, my first initial reaction to hearing that there is a once-a-day dose is, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know how many of my patients would be really using it every day. Right. I mean, careful what you wish for. Right, right. I mean, I guess, they, they, you know, they should have maybe marketed under the caveat of brace yourself, Grandma. But, you know, it's an interesting idea. And I think it's one that you can already kind of practically put into practice, even with the existing dose that's there. Um, it's kind of a novel way to think about it. And I'm sure what you're going to end up seeing in six months to a year are the other drugs coming along with kind of an ER or extended release or some. Mm-hmm you know, form of that to also to hold also on, compete, hold on to their patent also. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today from Washington, D.C. is Dr. Paul Shin, an assistant professor of urology at George Washington University Hospital. We're talking about once a day Cialis or Viagra or Levitra, whichever you prefer. Dr. Shin, when these drugs first came out, I was worried that our whole society would fall apart, that uh, older men would be leaving their wives because they would literally be finding the fountain of youth. Did you see any of that happening in your practice? Well, we, we see a lot of that happening anyway here in Washington for a lot of other reasons, but I, I don't think it's anything I'm prescribing. Uh, you know, actually, no. I think what it did was it actually brought erectile dysfunction to the forefront as a real medical issue, and, and people weren't as taboo or ashamed to deal with it, you know, and so I think it actually ended up causing more people to seek treatment than it actually uh, deterred or caused any uh, ethical or societal dilemmas. When you see a guy in his 30s who comes into your office and is, is complaining of erectile dysfunction, how often is it organic and how often is it psychological? And do you have some magic question that you can ask them to figure it out immediately? By and large, when you see a guy that age, you know, it's mostly about reassurance, you know, especially when it comes to teasing out, is there anything physiologically wrong? You know, you ask them, do they get morning erections? Mm -hmm. Do they masturbate okay? And, you know, and surprisingly, what a lot of these guys will tell you is, oh, yeah, that works fine. It's just that when I'm with a partner, I lose it. And then when I'm with my wife. Right, exactly. And then you have to break break the news to them, the the real diagnosis. And, you know, what I try to do with them is I really try and focus on what their expectations are, and what the status of their relationships is. I mean, I have a lot of 30-year-old guys who come in who aren't even partnered with anybody, who are at home watching Leno on a Saturday night and pop a Viagra and want this earth-shattering erection to occur. And, you know, I don't know, last time I looked at Jay Leno, it didn't work for me, you know, so... Uh, Brandon Marsalis is hot, though. Right, exactly, you know, and, and that Conan O'Brien, <laughs> dig the redheads, that's my wife, so... Uh, but I try and concentrate on, look, what is it that's really bothering you? And when you really, really talk to them, most guys don't come in with erectile dysfunction. They come in because they're having ejaculations too prematurely. I've had done of guys who come in saying, look, my orgasms aren't as strong as they once were, and they think that that's erectile dysfunction. And, you know, the truth of it is, you and I both know that the best-selling medicine in the history of the world would be a medicine that made you have better orgasms, you know, but fortunately it doesn't exist. A new you know? partner. Right, right. <laughs> 
And so oftentimes there's the stress of a new partner. There's, you know, untold job stresses here in Washington. You know, trying to run the world is tough, let alone, you know, watching your boners while... while or... uh, you want to break some HIPAA rules and tell us about any uh, uh, politicians you've seen lately? <laughs> I generally like to joke, look, you know, most people here in, in Washington have their fingers on the pulse of the nation. Well, we have our fingers up those rear ends of the people who yes. have their fingers on the pulse of the nation. Yes. So really, you know, I'm the puppet master around right. here. So, What about the use of those agents for actually treating what they initially were supposed to treat? Do you see effects on blood pressure if someone's taking it every day? That whole group of medicines was, you know, it was engineered to be a replacement for nitroglycerin. And as far as I can tell, you know, they were lousy medicines at that. And I don't even think they made it that far in the efficacy trials because they were just terrible at controlling blood pressure, alleviating angina. It's just that, you know, nobody was given the medicine back and then somebody right. had a light turn on, right. you know. Well, then the, the vasodilatory effects make me think that it's got to be great for every heart patient to be on one every day. If it's increasing blood flow, I don't think it's selective to the uh, arteries of the penis. No, it's diffuse. There's a couple of other interesting ways that we're using some of these drugs as well. Obviously, as urologists, one of the things that we very commonly do is prostate cancer surgery. And unfortunately, you know, in spite of what's been published, you know, mm -hmm. the rates of erectile dysfunction after radical cancer surgery are through the roof. Right. The whole concept of, of penile rehabilitation is now one that we're entertaining where five years ago it was kind of ludicrous to even think about, you know, taking a Cialis a day or a Viagra a day to help oxygenate and mm -hmm. keep wake, the blood flowing to the penis. The... But the evidence is really compelling that both in terms of loss of penile length as well as in terms of regaining erectile function, that it does seem that, you know, it is a bit of a use-or-lose-it phenomenon. Mm -hmm. you know? And there's also some interesting data on the horizon looking at the use of these agents for the treatment of prostate symptoms as well. You know, lower urinary tract symptoms like urinary frequency, slow stream, things like that. They seem to kind of have this uh, odd effect of, of prostate relaxation as well. So, you know, you can joke it's a bit like, you know how every week there seems to be a new use for a statin for right. cholesterol drugs? Yes. Well, man, Viagra and all of these drugs are sort of beating the door down in terms of trying to find other indications, you know. And, and obviously there's tremendous financial pressure at work to do this too, you know. What about side effects? Uh, you say there really aren't that many, but what are the what are the ones we should be advising our patients? The big ones that I commonly see are some rhinorrhea, mm -hmm. uh, flushing of the face. With Cialis, there seems to be particularly a peculiar side effect of some back pain and headache. It seems to be a little bit more frequent than uh, with the other drugs. So if, if someone comes in asking for a once-a-day dose, we should not be surprised? Not at all. Not at all. So reassure all the doctors out there that it's okay. It's going to happen. And across the board, all the medicines work well. I have met I have patients who uniformly say that drug X is their drug. And, and the safety profile is proven. And the once-a-day dosing is simply just a scaled-down version of the pill, which, you know, is going to linger. And, and I think you'll probably see the other two uh, drugs come along as well with, with extended-release versions. And lastly, if someone is not responding to these meds, can we push the dose beyond, let's say, 100 of Viagra? I don't think you get much more efficacy, but you probably get a lot worse side effects. And the other agents also? Same with the other agents. I generally don't tend to double up. I usually tend to go to a little more aggressive approach, either injections or you know, a prosthesis or something like that along the lines of if somebody fails the oral medicines. And again, you know, this is a lifestyle consideration. You push it as far as the patient is, is comfortable going. Paul, of the, of the other therapies available, injection, vacuum, prostheses, which one is currently in FAD? None of them are because, you know, the honest truth of it is, even though if you look at 100 guys who have significant ED, 
all of those therapies are going to give you a higher rate of return on getting an erection because they work better, right? The problem with that second tier of therapies is it involves some major form of penile manipulation at the time you want to have an erection, which, again, goes takes, against takes the whole... Takes a little of the, of the, the joy and spontaneity. Right. you know, it's against the whole grain of getting back in the groove and getting your mojo on is, is you know, honey, stop, i got to stop, i got to go to the fridge and drop my medicine. Well, right. you know, after five minutes of that... She's asleep. Well, on that note, Dr. Paul Shin, thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. You've been listening, you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. If you'd like to comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, please visit us at our website, reachmd.com. If you register with the promo code RADIO, we'll give you six months free streaming ReachMD that you can listen to day and night on your home or office computer. Thanks for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, presents a special series, Focus on Men's Health. 